Lord, appreciate that. Appreciate the singing. Again, I thank you for being here this morning. We're excited that, uh, that you're here. And uh, next Sunday, again, is going to be a, another exciting day, and we ask you to come. And we'll be preaching about Jesus and his birth on Sunday morning, so we're looking forward to that. If you have your Bibles here today, turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And uh, we'll read one verse here this morning, and then we'll read more of the Scripture and bring forth the message that God's laid on our hearts. And let's, let's stand to our feet in honor of God's Word this morning as we open up the Word of life, praying and asking God to work down deep in the hearts of His people and sinners alike. Verse 27 of John chapter 6. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth for unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name here this morning. Lord, I recognize the task is too great. Lord, the ability of mine is too little. And Lord, I need help. I need a guidance. Lord, I need you to guard my lips and my mind. I pray that you anoint us with the Holy Ghost of God. God, that we desire no flesh and we desire no carnality involved in whatever will be said this morning. Be purely the Word of God from the Spirit of God. Jesus, may you be glorified and magnified in every heart and every soul. For we need the help of the Lord here this morning. God, we need to be told and taught the things of God so that we can be exactly what Christ would be. And so I pray you'll lead each one tonight, or this morning. I pray you'll save the lost. I pray you'll touch the saved. God, give us the help we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You be seated. I want to preach on a subject this morning. You'll see that right there in verse 27. Uh, a meat a meat lover. Are you a meat lover? That's why I want to preach on this morning. A meat lover. And so... Of course, when you think about meat lover, you think about pizza, don't you? Give me that meat lover pizza or something like that. And, uh, but that's not what I'm talking about here this morning. But Jesus does use in time uh, things or animals or subjects and to describe what he wants us to know. And right here in the scripture, it says in verse 27, labor not for the meat which perisheth. Then he says, but for the meat, but that meat. And so we're talking about meat this morning. Now, what's so important about the meat this morning is that this meat has everything to do with everlasting life. And the answer to everlasting life is this meat. If you miss the meat, you'll miss everlasting life. These are important that we need to know this morning what Jesus is saying. Now, how do you have everlasting life? Well, Jesus says it very clear in verse 35. The Bible says, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So believeth on him is that everlasting life. It also says in verse 40, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him 
may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. Again, everlasting life has everything to do with the meat. And the meat, Jesus is saying, is him. Verse 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. And so if you're going to believe on Jesus, you can just count on having everlasting life. If you're going to have everlasting life, you're going to have to believe on Jesus. Verse 27, the Bible says, Unto everlasting life. Verse 40, the Bible says, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And there in verse 47, believeth on me, hath everlasting life. And so you cannot sever nor divide to believe on Jesus and everlasting life. You cannot have everlasting life unless you believe on Jesus. Amen? And so we cannot separate the two. The two are inseparable because Jesus is life. Amen? He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And so this morning, the subject at hand is everlasting life. That's important today, and that's important the day that you die. And it's important, friend, of all that you have within your household, that they will have everlasting life. That is the most important thing for your family this morning is that they have everlasting life. They may have inheritances. They may have things. They may have the things that you may hand down. They may have a lot of, of uh, maybe carnal things, worldly things, uh, earthly things. But, friend, if they don't have everlasting life, uh, you as one who's in charge or authority of your home, uh, friend, has come to a place where all those other things don't matter Everlasting life does. Jesus, he said, believeth on me to have everlasting life. Now, he uses that everlasting life in the way of meat. Now, in this meat, I want to show you number one this morning. I want you to notice the substance of everlasting life. The substance of everlasting life. And the everlasting life substance is of this meat. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I'm that meat. In verse 27 it says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but that meat. That meat. That's an important word, the word that. That meat. What separates that meat from the meat? The meat perisheth, but that meat endureth for everlasting life. So there's two different meats that we're speaking of here, but the one is unto everlasting life and the other isn't. That meat uh, means this morning is everlasting life. Verse 27 tells us that, that there is the meat that perisheth. And that word perisheth there means dies or destructs or departs. In other words, Jesus says you can eat the meat of this world. You can, meet the, you can eat the meat of man. You can eat the meat of religion. You can eat the meat of good works. You can eat the meat of baptism and, and church, church membership. You can eat the meat of your own theology. But that will only bring you to perish. But in order for everlasting life to come part of your life, you're going to have to have that meat, that meat. And so now it's a separation, that meat that endureth. 
Verse 27, that word endureth means abides and continues. It means to dwell. It means to remain and stand. And so as the scripture saith of itself, it says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, that's the meat, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. So if you and I are ever going to get everlasting life, we've got to get the meat that endureth for everlasting life. Right? If you're going to have everlasting life, the substance of that life is the meat. In order for you to have everlasting life, that meat is going to have to come in you. Right? Because it's the meat that gives you everlasting life, not you. Not your belief system, not your work system, not all that you might think, all that you might do has nothing to do with everlasting life. Everlasting life has something to do with the meat. Amen. Okay. Sometimes it's just not very clear. And so we see the meat, the meat perisheth, that meat endureth, but then there's this meat as we go down receiveth the bible says in verse 27 and which the son of man shall give unto you for him hath the god hath god the father sealed and then we go to verse 34 and it says and they said unto him lord give us this bread so now we have the meat that perisheth that meat that endureth and then this meat that you have to receive. Because he says in verse 27, the Son of Man shall give unto you. And in order for you to have everlasting life, you're going to have to receive the meat. I can give it to you all day long, but you don't receive it. It ain't going to help you out. What's that old story at old tell? You can lead a horse to the trough, but you can't make them drink. That's the same mindset here. I can preach to you until I turn myself blue. My friend, you can get baptized into the baptistry until you become a tadpole. Friend, you can live all that you want to do and do all you want to do today. And you can look like you're a theologian. But until the meat, which is the everlasting life that endureth, becomes part of who you are and what you are, you'll have no everlasting life. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is given very clear illustration. I'm glad he's so easy to understand. And so to give one uh, what that word giveth, Scripture in verse 27, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, to give one of, the, of his own. That's what that's meaning this morning. It means to give to someone who cares for his own interest. To give to one for somebody who belongs in return. For example, I give myself and what Jesus is saying to them I give myself because I'm the meat that's who you have to receive me he says I will give the son of God will give unto them that word give means to give of himself and we're not talking about something that Jesus is going to extend to you or something that Jesus is going to to have for you he's talking about he himself and friend this is important because see jesus does not give you eternal life jesus is eternal life jesus doesn't give you everlasting life jesus is everlasting life and when you receive jesus you have everlasting life that's why everlasting life is not based upon works 
That's why everlasting life has nothing to do with anything of any man. has everything to do with Jesus because he's the meat. He's the meat. I'm just trying to give you an introduction here. We'll get into the message in a minute. We find that meat. But we'll talk about number four. He meets about verse 27 is your meat. The meat that you will have according to the Bible, verse 27, for him hath God the Father sealed. Now was this meat, when you receive it of the Son of God, and it will endure for everlasting life, that meat God the Father has sealed, preserved. He said, this is it. This is the way of everlasting life according to God the Father. The authority of God the Father says, I approve this. I confirm this. I am the one who says, I will seal this. The meat is sealed. The meat is given and it's received. And the God the Father says, I have authenticated it. And that's big for you and I this morning because we want to know what God says. We don't care what Bottle Stopper says. We don't care what Joel Osteen says. We don't care what Ed Young says. We don't care what all these big shot preachers on TV says. We don't care about the days gone by preachers. We care about what the Father ordains, right? We care what the Father seals. We care what the Father has said, I've given this and I approve of it. Amen. So verse 27 just gives us everything we need. What do we need? Well, to have everlasting life, you've got to go through that meat. Well, who's that meat? Well, that meat is Jesus himself that he'll give. And if you receive that meat, you'll find God the Father says, boom, you're sealed until the day of redemption. Whew. You can say amen and go home now. We're not done, though. Can I say number two? Not only that meat, but let me preach on the true meat. The true meat. Not only that meat, but the true meat. He says in verse 32, he says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. The true bread. And so now we're not only talking about that bread or that meat, but now he goes on and talks about a true bread. Well, in verse 33, he says that the true bread is from heaven, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven. And not only is the true bread the bread of heaven, but the true bread is the Son of God from heaven, verse 33 says, and giveth his life unto the world. But not only is the, the, bread, the bread of God is from heaven, but the Son of God is from heaven, but the life of God is from heaven, verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he believeth in me shall not never thirst. So now it's a bread of life. This true bread I'm speaking of is the bread of God from heaven, the Son of God from heaven, the life of God. In other words, this bread that I'm speaking of this morning, this meat that I'm speaking of this morning is a meat that is a life of fullness. The bread of life will bring fullness. It will bring a spiritual fullness. You'll never hunger. And when you get this meat that I'm speaking of this morning, you'll not look for another Savior. You'll not look for another Bible. You'll not look for another place. You'll not look for another one that can fill your heart soul. For spiritually, Jesus Christ, the meat, will fill you full. You'll never hunger. You'll never look for everlasting life nowhere else. You'll never come to the place in your life and you ask, where am I saved or am I not saved? Not with this bread. 
You'll not ever come to a place where you're not ever secure and full of security that Jesus is Lord and God is God and there's none beside him and Jesus is God himself. I'm full spiritually. This meat I'm speaking of this morning is the true bread. You'll never, ever, ever hunger again. You know, there's a lot of people out there trying to fill this day with games and trying to fill their day with with presents. And this time of uh, Christmas is going to be about giving and taking and receiving and food and drinking and, and having the days off of work and enjoying each other, spending a lot of money, raising our credit cards up to the height as it can go and get in debt for somebody who's going to look at the toy and throw it away and play with the box. It don't make no sense to me, but that's the way it is today. And yet today they'll go through Christmas, they'll have a small time of satisfaction, a small time of fulfillment, and then next you know, in January, they're another again, they're empty. Look for something that they can have that would bring some fullness in their life. Spiritually talking today, only that meat can bring that fullness this morning. I pray that you have this meat, the true meat, the true meat. Not only does it bring a spiritual fullness, but it brings a life of satisfaction, spiritually never thirsting again. You're satisfied. Not only are you full, you're full in that you can't take any more. Jesus is enough. His word's enough. His spirit's enough. He's enough. Oh, but then there's a satisfaction about it too. I'm just content with Jesus. I'll not thirst no more. You know what thirst is all about. You go out there and you work. You work hard. You're sweating. And friend, next thing you know, man, get me a drink. I am thirsty. And what the Bible says that this meat right here, when you eat of that, you'll never, never thirst again. You'll be satisfied all the rest of your life. You'll say, well, my finances went to the pot over this inflation. Yeah, but I'm satisfied with Jesus. Oh, I tell you, friend, things ain't like it used to be. My body's got some aches and pains I get up and it hurts on my right side I go to bed and I get up on the next day it hurts on my left side now I got the left and the right and I talk to somebody else they say oh I'll tell you what this old life just getting old it's not for sissies I said you're right about that that I'm satisfied with Jesus the money don't go as far anymore the children don't want to serve God. The children don't want to live for the Lord. It doesn't seem like even the world today cares about Jesus anymore. It seems like politically tonight and today it's so corrupt. It's so not untrue. There's no everything's a lie coming out of the White House. You don't know what anything's going on anywhere. Nobody's telling the truth. You say the world's going to pot. Yeah, but I'm satisfied with Jesus. Amen. I'm just saying this morning. That meat I'm talking about, that true meat, is that meat that brings a fullness. That meat that brings a satisfaction. And that meat that brings an assurance. Because here in verse 49, the Bible says, Your fathers did eat in the wilderness and are dead. But you know what? We're not going to go that direction because we have the true meat. Amen. They had the not true meat. They had the meat that come from Moses. They had the meat that just put in their bodies and give them strength for a time and give them extra help for a time and then away. And every day they had to have some more manna. Amen? But not with this meat. We got the assurance according to verse 50. The Bible says, This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. 
Well, this bread here, friend, will give you assurance of life. That bread over there gave us assurance of death. That means if all you're doing is eating the manna of this world, you're surely going to die. If all you're doing is eating the, eating the manna of your life and of your family and friends and all that you can produce and all that you can have, then you're going to die. But the manna that I'm speaking of, the true bread I'm speaking of, the bread that's that meat this morning, that meat will give us an assurance that we shall never die. Talking about everlasting life. It all boils down to this meat. And this meat is the bread of life. That's the very substance of the everlasting life, the substance. If you're here this morning and you say, I want to go to heaven when I die, then you're going to have to contend with the meat. It's the only way. You can say, well, you know, I, maybe, maybe I can do it some other way. There's no other way. It's the meat. You're going to have to go through the bread of life. You're going to have to go through the bread of, of God. You're going to have to go through Jesus saying, I am the bread. Number two, not only is it the substance, but I want you to notice this morning, the source. Man, i got plenty of time. We usually close down around 1231. Not only the substance of everlasting life, but I want you to notice the source. The source. Verse 53. Verse 53, he says, then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So we find a source here. He's saying you have no life in you. So we need to get into it and find out what's he talking about. No life. Not some life. Not a little life. Not maybe some life. But absolutely no life. The source of everlasting life. No eternal life. And so verse 53 is saying that if you are what Jesus says you are here, you have no eternal life. You have no everlasting life. You never, never will get it. You'll never have it. According to the scripture. We find the source of this meat. Uh, as we look upon it right here in that verse 53, he says, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So what is the source? The source is the flesh of the Son of God and the blood of the Son of Man. That's the source. So what are you saying, Brother Larry? I'm saying that meat that we're speaking of this morning is a meat that is the flesh of the Son of God and the blood of Jesus. Now let's stop right here because I need to make a few comments. There's people out there who are Catholics who believe that they actually drink the blood and eat the body of Jesus when they take uh, their, what call their communion. That's untrue. That's not the truth. And then there's others out there who say uh, that this was the the start or the beginning of the communion. This is not a communion or the Lord's Supper either. So let's not get confused this morning about this flesh and this blood. It's neither one of those. But what it is, is Jesus is saying to us that I am the meat. And in this meat is the source of it is my body and my blood. Okay, so we just got to get that clear before we get any further. We don't want misunderstandings. I don't want nobody to chew me out or hit me in the head or something like that. 
Now, the source of the meat of God is that if you put it in practical terms, and Lucas got one. Where's Lucas? Yeah, he got one. We went eight, we went eight the other day, and he got a steak, right? It took half the day to get it fixed, but he got it. Hey, man, we've already done on a lot of our stuff. Everybody else finished talking. He's mine, and here comes the cow. You know, he comes flopping down on top of the plate, and he begins to get it, and he got it pretty good. And so we, we find that the meat, so as I, I'm going to use that as an example, and you know some of y'all, y'all go to steak, not steak and hell no more, they don't have that no more, but you, you go to salt grass all the time. You know, y'all rich. Y'all get to do things like that. Anyway, and so we, you, you eat that, you take that steak, and you get that steak, and that's meat, right? That's kind of how our thinking is this morning, meat. And as you look at that meat, uh, you take the meat, and if you, all you did was just look at the meat, you admire the meat. You look at the meat and say, man, that has some good thickness to that meat. I mean, it's well made. That season on there, I guarantee you, that's some good stuff right there. It's crystallized. I mean, it's been in there a good time. That flame broiled thing, you could just see it. And that meat, man, I admire. I'm looking at the meat and I'm thinking, wow, this is wonderful. Uh, this is a great a piece of meat in which I have. And exactly what Jesus did when he went out and fed the 5,000. And when Jesus went out and he walked on water. And when Jesus went out and healed the sick. And caused the blind to see and the deaf to hear and the lame to walk. They looked upon him and marred him. They looked upon him and said, oh my. What a man. Never a man done this before. Oh, we never heard of a man like this before. And all they've done about Jesus is admired him. All they did is looked at him and said, boy, what a man this is. I wonder where in the world he came from. I wonder where he's at. And they adored him. Just like you do that piece of meat. But you know what that did for them? Nothing. What that I would do for you if all you do is sit on looking at a piece of meat and adore it and admire it. It did you no good. It didn't do them any good either. I tell you the second thing that you don't do to a piece of meat, you just don't look at it, but you just don't like it. I mean, you look at a piece of meat and say, I like it, so you pick it up and you handle it. You hold it. Put it near and dear to your heart. Say, oh, boy, this meat right here, look at it. It's nice. You hold it in your hand. You flip it over. You, you just kind of wiggle it and see how strong it is, how thick it is. And, and boy, you're saying, boy, I'm telling you, and so you're liking it. You're liking it. Well, friend, it's just like Jesus, what they did with Jesus from time to time. They liked him, right? Whenever he walked through and he healed their sons and their daughters, and whenever he was ones that were helping them and, and giving them strength and giving them direction and giving them instruction, they liked it. Just like that piece of meat. You like it, but you know what it did for you? So you can look upon the meat. You can like the meat. Let me tell you something else that you can do with the meat uh, this morning is that you can lean on the meat, right? You can take the meat and lean on it like this. You can take the meat, man, and, and you, can, you can look upon it and say, boy, I'm going to lean on this meat. It's going to help me. It's going to give me strength. It's got some protein. You know, it's going to give me everything I need to be good and strong, man, and I'm going to be better off for it because I'm going to eat this piece of meat. Leaning on that meat. Many of those days, they leaned on Jesus. But you know what? Did that help them? No. 
not for everlasting life. And so you can look at it, and you can like it, and you can lean on it. Matter of fact, you can learn of it. You can go and say, hey, man, how did you make this? What kind of cow was it? Was it grass-fed? Was it, uh, well, today, you know, they're trying to have, they're trying to make babies in, in, uh, in tubes. They're trying to make babies in, in uh, scientific babies now. They're trying to do a lot of things. I looked into that thing you said to me the other day, Lucas, and, and we looked into that. I looked into it, and they're trying to, to build families in, in a lab. Well, you can learn of this meat and find out what cow it was, Angus, and he was out there. It had to be Texas. That's the best meat there is. And so we, we find that you learn all about this meat. You say, I got every detail in the meat. When it, when it, who it was is old Betsy the cow. And boy, she was, uh, she was uh, there. They, they took her and they butchered her on this date. And, and they took that part of meat and that part of quarter. And, and they put it in this place. And they wrapped it up in that, that paper. And, and they sent it forth. And man, and here it is on my plate. And boy, it's only, it's only like uh, $45 for this uh, piece of meat. And boy, I got it made. I learned all about the meat. But you know what that meat has done for you? That's what people do with Jesus. They learn of them. All these people out here that call themselves preachers, all they do is get up there and teach. All they get up there is tickle your ears, and all they get up there to tell you what you want to hear, and all you walk out of here with some knowledge, and all you walk out of here with some instruction, and all you walk out of here with some sort of information, and you're going to die and go to hell because that meat is all you're doing is learning of it. You're looking upon it. You're leaning on it. You're liking it. The reason I come to this church is because I like the preacher. The reason I don't go to that church over because I don't like the preacher. The reason I come over here is because they got a choir. The reason I go over there is because they have some kind of youth group. The reason I go over here is because of the location of the church. The reason I go over here is because of the color of the church. I mean, there's all kind of reasons why people do all kind of things, but, friend, it matters nothing in eternal life. Everlasting life, this meat that I'm speaking of this morning is a meat that you and I are going to have to consider. And so... No, what you do with the meat, this is what you do with the meat. You eat it. You eat it. Verse 53 through verse 58, read it with me. And then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat, not look, not lean, not learn, but eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. For whoso eateth, whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. I will raise him up in the last day. And my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, I live by the Father, so he that eateth me even so shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as their fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever sound like everlasting life to me so we find you have to eat the meat the meat is the flesh and the blood of jesus in order for you to have everlasting life okay so i know you're probably thinking so i guess i gotta go find the blood the body of jesus and the blood of jesus and start eating and drinking it in a physical way but that's not what he's talking about but he is saying this verse 35 says In the text, it says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me. In order for you to eat this bread or eat this meat, you're going to have to come to the meat of God. And when you come, you're going to have to come hungry. And you're going to have to come and you're going to have to hunt for it. 
The Bible says strive to enter into the straight gate. You're going to have to come wanting the meat. There ain't nobody here going to get saved and have everlasting life that you didn't want. In other words, I had to take the meat and force it down in your mouth. And then I had to take your mouth and do this so that you eat it up. And then I got to take my fist and jam it down your throat so you go it down in your body. And so you could say that you ate the meat. That's not the way salvation is this morning. Nobody ever gets saved unhappy. No one ever gets saved because they don't want to be saved. Nobody ever gets saved this morning because you got tricked into it. You never get saved because you might have thought of something that wasn't really true and it was this, that, and the other. You do get saved, though, when you eat the meat. You hunt for it, and you are the one who will find it. Amen? I can't find the meat for you. Nobody can find the meat for you. You know what? I can take a bite of the meat at that steak. As I was looking at Lucas's the other day, I said, boy, I should have got that. But you know what? As he was eating that meat, and as I was thinking, here, I ate my chicken. He's eating meat. My chicken was this big. His meat was that big. Maybe not that. Maybe smaller. Fact of the matter is, all that chewing he did didn't help me one bit. Not one bit. I mean, I didn't even get, I, I didn't even get, didn't, I didn't even get a taste of it. Now, he did ask if I wanted to bite, but, man, I'm a new kid on the block. You don't do that on the new kid on the block. <laughs> so what we do with the meat, you eat it. But you got to come to the meat before you get the meat. Right? All right, number two. Not only do you come to the meat of God, but you consume the meat of God. Verse 35 of chapter 6, it says, Believeth on me. That's consuming it. Verse 47, Believeth on me and have everlasting life. That's consuming it. In other words, this morning, whenever the meat, the body and the blood, and you come to it, you have to take it and swallow it. Swallow it. Just like you do a piece of meat, you swallow the blood and the body of Christ believing upon him is swallowing it believing upon him is taking it and putting it forth into your mouth and swallowing it down your throat and that it goes and down into the belly in other words you ingest it the body and the blood of Jesus Christ the meat of God will you do you no good you'll not have your everlasting life unless you eat it and by swallowing now, there's an old saying. You might have heard of it before. And this kind of applies to this, what I'm trying to say. You ever heard this? You swallow this hook, line, and sinker. That word there, those, that whole line means this this morning. It means to believe something completely and unquestionably that something is true. So when you get presented the gospel, you get presented the blood and you get presented the body of Jesus Christ and you look upon that meat, you'll take that meat and you'll put it upon your mouth and in your mouth you'll swallow it, in, ingest it like hook, line, and sinker. That's right. There's nobody in here going to have everlasting life because of your thinking. Nobody here is going to have everlasting life because of your knowledge. 
Nobody have everlasting life because of your past or your experience or your family and the way they were. But everyone will have everlasting life if they'll take the meat of God and they will put it upon their mouths and they will put it in their mouth and they'll swallow and ingest it. You see, what happens whenever you do that, it begins to contribute. Now, let's look at it like this. When you eat anything, there's that old saying, you are what you eat, right? Some people look like pears. I wonder if they eat a lot of pears. Is it fact to you, is it understandable to you this morning that the majority of our physical conditions and our, our I guess, medicine cabinets or maybe our feeling of strength or weakness or tiredness or uh, just ain't got no get up and go has a lot to do with what we eat. Is it true that, that you, you can eat some things and after you eat those things, you just feel droggy? Is it true that if you don't eat some things that you just kind of seem to never get un, you never get healthy, you got colds all the time or you got, uh, you got this or that going on? In every occasion, I'm talking about in the world, you go to a doctor, you, you go to somebody in the therapist, you go to someone who wants to be a counselor to you in the way of food, uh, you go to a nutritionist today, and you go to anyone who's working out or has a near, that mindset, and you'll find every single one of them say this, if you want to be healthy, eat clean. Is that right? Well, let me ask you like this then. If you want to have everlasting life, you're going to have to eat Jesus. And you're going to have to swallow it. Right? Hook. What? Hook, sink. What is it? Hook, line, and sinker. And that means you're just going to do it unquestionably. You're going to do it completely. And what Jesus said, as you brought the Bible up this while ago, is what the Bible says is what I'm taking. Exactly what Jesus said he was, that's who he is. Jesus said he'll give me eternal life if I believe upon him, and that's exactly what I get. No questions about it. No, nothing at all doubting about it. I'm just going to take it. And friend, what happens is when it gets into you, there's a contribution that goes on, and it touches every part of your life. It touches your brain. Now you have different thinking. It touches your heart. Now you've got different feelings. It touches your feet. You go to different places. It touches your hands. You touch different substances. It touches your lips and you put your lips on different things. Your eyes now become different because now you see things. Is that right? I'm talking about everlasting life, friend. And you've got to swallow it. And you've got to take the meat. And it's got to be part of your life. And it contribute in your body. And out of your body, you'll see Jesus. Amen. How you, what you eat is who you are. <laughs> Woo! That's exciting. Man, to know I can get off the junk food of the world and get on something healthy like Jesus this morning. And it'll change my life. Boy, the feeding, supplying, the strengthening, the whole body. 
your, your content with the meat of God. You'll not be hungry anymore. You'll not be thirsty any longer. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me give you one more before we close. The contents of the meat of God. Not only the, uh, uh, the contents of the, men of, God, of the meat of God this morning. The Bible says it's the body of Christ. There in that chapter 6 and, and the verse 53 down to verse 58. You'll read it there. It talks about the body. My flesh. You're swallowing the, the swallowing Jesus, the virgin birth. Amen. That's what you're swallowing. You're saying that this Jesus that is different than other Jesuses, and this Jesus who's the Savior of the world is different than any other Savior of the world. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, because of his virgin birth. Amen. The Holy Ghost of God was conceived into Mary and became Jesus. Amen. They call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us this morning. That's what we swallow. You want to have your everlasting life, you're going to take that body, that flesh, and say he was born of a virgin. You're not going to swallow that he's born of a virgin, but you're going to swallow that he had a sinless life. You're going to swallow that he had no sin. You're going to swallow that he did no sin. He could not even think of sin, couldn't even imagine of sin, couldn't even be part of sin, in sin. Matter of fact, the only sin he was involved in, he became sin. you got to swallow it. Was he virgin born? His was a sinless life. We found that you're going to have to swallow that Jesus was one who done of the miracles. That he was the one by the power of God bringing the approval of heaven upon the world. Who is the son of God? Well, he's the one who's doing miracles and signs and wonders. Like nobody else could and nobody else can. You swallow. You swallow that he went to the cross of Calvary. That he went there voluntarily. He went to the cross joyfully. He walked up to Jerusalem. He laid down his life. The Bible says that the church whom he loves, he gave himself for it. Amen. you got to swallow that this Jesus I'm speaking of this morning was one that went to the cross. And he went to the cross to die. Die for the sins of the world. You've got to swallow that this Jesus, this body, this flesh, was buried. He was buried physically. He was placed in a tomb physically. He was right there in Jerusalem by the garden physically. He was wrapped with clothing, death garments, wrapped with a napkin. He was put upon physically. You got to swallow. You got to swallow that on the third day, Jesus arose. He arose physically. He arose from the grave. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. All of Satan and all his imps were shattered that day. All the enemies of God become disarmed. Sin finally had to leave up its grip of everyone that believed in Jesus. And everyone that put their faith in Christ has now been free. They're able to go to eternal life. Nor did he arose the third day, but he ascended to heaven. And that same Jesus 
is the one who's sitting on the right hand of the Father this, this morning. He's praying for you and I in the way of intercession. He's there waiting for the Father to look at him and say, My dear son, whom I am well pleased, go get your bride. Amen. Glory to God. Go get your bride. And this Jesus who ascended, and one day we'll meet us in the air, and we'll meet with him, and so ever shall we be with the Lord. And that same Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, he's going to be riding on a white horse. And we're going to be on white horses too. The church knows my story about white about horses. I was on one horse and it bucked me and I said, I'll never get on another horse. But Lord, forgive me, I'm going to have to get on that white one. We had that army's coming back with him. He's going to come with the sword of his mouth. He's just going to wipe them out. I mean, it won't be much of a battle, of a battle at all. That same Jesus for a thousand years will rule and reign for the rod and iron. And we will be kings and priests with him. Swallow it. Swallow it. If you can't swallow that, friend, you can't be born again. His flesh. Can I say here, secondly, you got the body of Christ, but then there's the blood of Christ. He said, you got to drink my blood. You got to swallow the blood of Christ. You got to swallow that it's God's blood. That's what you got to swallow. If you can't believe that Jesus Christ is God this morning, you can't be born again. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the creator of the world, then, friend, you can't be saved. Drinking his blood. That's the blood of God. Swallowing and drinking God's blood that is pure. That his blood is plenty. That his blood is powerful. That his blood is precious. That that blood was what washed away our sins. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins according to the Scripture. It was that blood that caused me to have forgiveness and pardon of my sins. It's because of that blood that Jesus would look upon me today and says, I have forgiven you, pardoned you. I have cast as far as the east is to the west. I remember it no more. It's the blood. Amen. You ever heard this phrase? They're drinking the Kool-Aid. Heard that? You probably used that before. What does it mean when you're drinking the Kool-Aid? It means you on that side, you're taking everything they're saying to be true. Right? You're going to have to drink the blood and that mind. Hey, I tell you, this morning, that blood has brought us to a place of redemption and reconciliation to God. You're going to have to swallow that Jesus sacrifice with his blood that redeemed our souls. It was that blood that redeemed the souls of men. It was the blood that brought forgiveness. It was the blood that reconciles us to God. It's the blood. The blood. The blood. The blood of the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. It was Him you have to swallow. Drink. You, you have to drink. You have to swallow it. Jesus is our substitute. We should have been on the cross of Calvary for our sin, not Him. He's our substitute. Swallow it. Now he's a swallow that Jesus is our sacrifice. He's the one that was appointed and anointed to take the sin upon him that he may bring the sacrifice unto God the Father in the altar of heaven. 
And he did, and God the Father accepted him. Now we find now that Jesus is going to have to swallow that he is our Savior. He is the one who's sovereign. You have everlasting life because everlasting life is in you. And whenever you eat of that meat and you drink of his blood and you take of his body and it enters into you, friend, you'll find now that everlasting life is yours. The question this morning is this. Have you? Let's be serious now. I'm not talking about how much you know. I don't care. It don't matter how much you've experienced. It don't matter how many times you've been baptized. And it don't matter how many times you prayed the prayer down here at this altar. None of those things that get you eternal life or everlasting life. My question to you this morning, you need to ponder into your heart. Because he said, if you don't eat of this flesh and drink of this blood, there's no life in you. You better leave out of here this morning knowing that I have drunk the Kool-Aid. That I have swallowed this thing, hook, line, and sinker. Walk out of here, Jesus is in me. How'd you get that? I repented of my sin, and by faith I received Christ as my Savior. I believed upon him. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. It is my heart's desire to the best of my ability this morning. I tried with all I can to give you the thought that Jesus brought to these people in that day about what they needed to do to have everlasting life. And I'd hate for anybody to walk out of here today and die before you get eternal life. Would you please come? And consider Christ this morning. Come and receive him. Come and believe upon him. Come this morning and swallow and drink. Everlasting life. A lot of people banking on their prayer. That prayer not get you anywhere. It's that meat. That meat is what you need. I'm a Baptist. I'm a Catholic. I'm a this. I'm a that. That don't have no meaning. I've been good. I am good. That has no meaning. Have you swallowed? Have you drunk? The body and blood of Jesus. Has it been part of you now? It's coming to your body. It's done change your spirit, done change your soul, and changed your body. Your whole body. I'm no longer the same anymore. In Christ, I become a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's what happens when you drink and swallow and eat of this body. You sing, Brother George. I'm here this morning. If you need to be saved, come. Sing, Brother George. You come. You say, I'm ready to take and swallow this, Jesus. I'm ready to drink of his blood. I'm ready to believe and receive him. I want everlasting life, my brother. I want to lay my head on my pillow at night, and I want to be able to sleep with sweet sleep, knowing that if I never wake or never rise, Jesus will be in my presence. As it was for that man in Luke's, Jesus gave the story. That beggar, he died and was carried. That rich man died and he was buried. Yeah. Come. Come, sinner friend.
Yes, Lord. Yes. A meat lover. That's what I am. I hope you are as well. You come back tonight at 6 o'clock. I'll finish the message. We'll go all the way through the end of the chapter. And uh, we got two more points. I pray you'd come and hear what God has to say. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Brother George, you dismiss this, my brother. Stain has gone.